Welcome back to another episode of Almost Better Than Silence. Uh, we have a really special guest today, someone who really shaped my future, but before I, uh, we get to him, I'm here today with Matt. How's it going, Matt? I'm doing great. How are you? Pretty good, man. So about our guest, this guy is, um, like I said, it's someone who really changed my life for the better. His name's John Sanmez. I'm sure hopefully many of our listeners know who that is, but if you're not familiar with him, he's a general life coach and a fitness expert. And how about, let, let's have him explain who he is. Sure. So, uh, so thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Uh, I, uh, I basically am calling myself now a life coach for software developers, which basically means that I, I, you could think of it as like the Tony Robbins for software developers and IT people. Um, I help, uh, with, uh, with, you know, with, with technical skills, of course, like I do, do technical training, but, uh, but I also have, I'm, I'm helping in the fitness area and the psychology of, of being a programmer in productivity, all kinds of things that are, you know, basically, you know, all the life topics, but, but it's, but really what I'm focusing on is how it relates to software developers and, and IT people. So, yeah, so that's, that's what, what I basically do. Awesome. Yeah, it's definitely, um, it's awesome how you can encompass all of that and, uh, generate into, like, into one package because it's really helped me break out of my shell. I feel like this podcast wouldn't even be happening if I hadn't, uh, found out about John and the, the, uh, products and the advice he's given, th uh, through his blog and his, uh, YouTube channel. He's got so much valuable advice for, uh, aspiring and, uh, growing software developers. So it's just, it's awesome. And, uh, I'll let Matt say something. I feel like I'm testing. <laughs> no, I, I, I mean, I, I picked up John's book, um, and I, I took some time to read it over, and, and uh, I didn't get too deep into it just because I uh, didn't have much time before the interview. But um, there was a lot of things in the book that definitely resonated with me. Um, basically, like every section, um, there was at least one chapter where I was like, "Yes, this," <laughs> um, and in fact. Uh, this week after this interview is over, uh, I have at least two coworkers that I've already promised to lend the book to. So, um. awesome. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about the book. It's um, it's called Soft Skills: The Software Developer's Life Manual, and it is a tome. Let me tell you, it's a big. I think there's like five hundred books, five hundred pages about. Yeah. Or just a little under, but still. Um, and it's got a forward by Scott Hanselman and another one by uh, uh Uncle Bob Martin. So that's really awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, and it's 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 like it says. It it basically. I mean, I, I wanted to be a tome. <laughs> That's funny you describe it that because I was like, when the editor was like, you know, publisher was like, well, what do you want to write? Because they they said, you know, you can write a book about whatever you want. What do you want to write? I said, I I want to write a life manual, like a tome for software developers. And they're like, what? <laughs> I said, no, I, I <laughs> nice. want to take all these different topics, take like all the best stuff, like basically like the tone, like if I could get in the DeLorean and travel back in time, you know, and give my <laughs> my past self, you know, a, this book, like I can imagine myself standing in the rain and like, you know, give myself this satchel and it's it's this book. So that's that's what I wanted to write. And that's really what the, what the book is. That's awesome. And I like the way you approached it. I feel like it's, it's broken down into such, uh, like easy to, to read, uh, sections. So you can literally hop in at any given point. For me specifically, when I first got the book, I, I was looking into like the spiritual section. Like it's just, it's awesome that you're capable of, uh, looking for what you're after and being able to just pretty much find it right away. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you like it. It's, uh, it, I, I was a little nervous about it, but, uh, you know, trying to cover that many topics, but, but I think, you know, I, I don't go into any of them too, too far in depth, but I wanted to give kind of the best of the, of the best of what I had to offer in each of those areas. So. Yeah, I definitely think you accomplished that. Um, another thing that, uh, you provide is, uh, a how to market yourself as a software developer course that that's really what even got me started with podcasting and blogging and getting my name out there. So do you want to talk about that for a little bit? Sure. Yeah. So, you know, I'm mean, obviously the, the course, well, I mean, even the book too, right? Everything I do is sort of targeted towards software developers, but it really just applies to anyone. Cause I know that your audience is in all software developers, you know, it's a, it's a lot of gamers and, and, and a lot of, a lot of other, you know, techie type of, of, of audience. But, uh, but, you know, really the, the idea behind the course is that this, uh, this concept that, you know, the thing that, that really, 
gets you the higher income. The thing that really boosts your career and stuff is is having some kind of a name or authority in an area. And you know, if you look at all kinds of industries, this is true. Like in the in the celebrity chefs, right? Those those guys make a lot of money. Rock stars, right? Uh, you've got uh, lawyers. You know, big big. Uh, big name lawyers, right? Uh, Judge Judy, for example, makes like $47 million a year. Well, a, a Supreme Court justice makes like 225. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so so there's a, yeah, a big difference. <laughs> but, you know, and the thing is like in all these like high end, high tier professionals, what it, uh, you know, they're, they're really, the, the people that are making the ridiculous amount of money or doing extremely well that are famous or, or well-known, they're probably just as skilled as some of these top-tier unknown people, right? It's like, it's, it's not the skill. At some point, the skill level maxes out and it doesn't return you much value. You get 1% better. It does not equate to, you know, this, this huge increase in, in pay. But, uh, but what does is building a name. So, so the idea behind this course is just, you know, I, I figured out how to market myself and how valuable that was to my career. It actually five times my income. And so I basically put that into a course and said, okay, well, if I was going to systematically dissect how I was able to do this and how other, you know, a lot of people that I interviewed that were extremely successful did this, this is what it would be. And this is the advice I would give you. And like you said, part of that advice was things like, hey, anyone can go and start a podcast and, you know, if you start a podcast and you're dedicated and you're consistent, you're going to build an audience over time. And guess what happens when you build an audience? Suddenly you have a name, even if it's not, you know, you're not on CNN and, and, and well-known in, <laughs> in the world, in your little community, you are well-known. You become somewhat of a, like a, almost a mini celebrity. And that has a huge, huge value uh, for your career if you're, you know, if, if you do it in the career space, but also if you wanted to sell some kind of product or service or something like that, or build a game and sell a game, right? Something like that. Having that kind of name, having that kind of audience is really, really key and critical. And it's really not that hard. It just it requires consistency. It requires a little bit of, uh, you know, of, of knowing where to market yourself and how to do it. But once you get that down, there's, it's immense value for, for the effort that you put into it. Let me ask you something about that, actually. So, I mean, obviously a big part of, uh, you know, doing really anything and, and, and sort of becoming a big deal is, you know, building a name for yourself, having confidence and sort of giving off that, that air of authority, like you said. Um, do you ever personally sort of struggle with sort of like, I'm just a guy, you know, like doing stuff and I've got like this audience of people that's looking up to me and, and do you, do you have that sort of like, not necessarily imposter syndrome, but, um, that's, that sort of feeling like I'm just doing a thing, you know, like this, this isn't, you know, I'm not some big celebrity. I'm not, you know, do you, do you ever get that? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, in fact, you know, I would go as, so far as to say that sometimes I feel like a fraud, right? Sometimes you, you feel this way and, you know, in my logical mind, I know, look, you've built these things, you've done this thing, you've helped all these people, you know, you're, you're producing stuff, you're out there, you know, busting your butt. But in the back of my head, you know, that feeling creeps in. It's like, man, you wasted like two hours today. You're such a, you're such a, a douchebag. Like <laughs> you're telling people <laughs> to be productive and you know that you played on Facebook today instead of, instead of being productive. Man, what? <laughs> hey, well, we're only human. It's like, I don't know. That's that's, that's nothing wrong with that. And to be honest, the, the, the resounding uh, thing that I heard was that, yeah, the amount of people that you help, I think that that's something that is invaluable. There's like nothing quite like probably being able to go to like to bed at night thinking, man, thousands of these people are, are glad that I do what I do. But th then again, I, I think it was just a, a week or two ago that you were contemplating like, oh, I wish I could just leave the internet. So, <laughs> so like, the, I guess it, it comes in waves, but exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I go back and forth, right? It's like, it's like I said, you're never going to escape that, right? It's just, you're never going to escape self doubt. You're never going to escape kind of that feeling that you're, you know, that you're some kind of fraud or imposter. You know, that, that happens. In fact, probably the more successful you get, the more you're going to get hit with that because you're going to wonder, well, did luck just happen to come across my path? And did these set of circumstances, did I just happen to be the right guy at the right time at the right place? And to some degree, the answer is always yes, but you have to look at how that you ended up being the right guy at the right place, right? You, in, in order for any, any super successful career, any su super successful thing, 
thing. There's always some amount of luck involved. And, but, but it's a matter of, you know, if you're up there, you're not going to get lucky if you like take one swing and go home. But if you're up there at the plate swinging that bat every day, every day, eventually you're going to, you know, you're going to close your eyes and swing really hard and, and the ball's going to connect with the bat. And so that's, that's kind of what I, you know, when I pep, talk myself you know that's what i what i tell myself but but yeah it's it's a real you know it's something that you have to a battle i think that you have to fight every day anew and that you never are going to totally overcome it i don't think there's anyone that's so confident so you know sure of themselves that they never have those doubts that they never feel like a fraud that they never feel like an imposter but but you know the thing is can you carry on can you keep on going and and you know that's that's that, that's that's the real question so i i have literally got a list of 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 sort of topics here if if you want okay, me to great. just dive in yeah so yeah so one of the chapters in your book uh the one about career development um one of the things that it recommends is sort of going on to, to further education and you recommend different types of certifications and and even some like higher education courses so Especially in, in the software industry, there sort of is this point of diminishing returns with higher education, right? Like right. It, comparing, you know, for the majority of, of positions, the difference between having, you know, your bachelor's versus having your master's versus having a PhD versus, you know, having some ridiculous level of education, there really doesn't tend to be a huge difference in pay, if any difference at all. Right. It's mostly based on, on skill or experience and things like that. Um, how would you say someone that's sort of looking to go on to sort of further their education and develop their career? How would you say they should balance, um, sort of higher education versus that point of diminishing returns? Okay. Yeah. That's, a, that's actually a great question. This is something that like, you know, I, I wish that I could, I could just get in the ears of all the young people that are making the decision and give them this piece of advice. Because, you know, the thing is, like, this debate always comes up in the software development community. Like, do you need a degree? And my answer is no. I didn't have a degree for a long time. I made six figure, you know, salary without a degree. But, but I went back and got my degree. And if you're starting out, right, you might as well get your degree because, because why not, right? It, it's it's better to have the piece of paper than to not have the piece of paper. But but there, sure. there's two things about it. One, it doesn't. If you're going to go into crazy debt to get your degree, to me that's just stupid, right? I know that some people have already made the mistake. Fine, but you know, let's chalk it up for experience and just call it what it is. Because if it's you know the return on investment is not very high, like you said, of of getting of of getting a, a, a expensive degree, but. Okay, here's a, a cheap way to get a degree, right? Go to community college for two years, right? That's like extremely cheap. And then finish your last two years at university, at a cheaper university, like a state school or something like that. And, and you know, if you get a CS degree, it's not going to really make that much of a difference if it's from Carnegie Mellon or MIT or if it's from two years at a community college and then two years at a university. It's really not going to make that much of a difference unless you're going for like an executive position or something like that. So... Yeah, that that would be that'd be the biggest piece of advice I'd I'd say is like do it as cheaply as budget as possible and 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 first of all and recognize the role of education today right a brick and mortar institution does not educate you right just because you've got a piece of paper doesn't mean anything at all but you can utilize that opportunity and that experience to learn as much as you possibly can, right? Be responsible for your mm -hmm. own education. Go in there, not with the attitude of they're going to teach me what I need to know. Go in there with the attitude of I'm going to take advantage of the situation and try to learn as much as I can. And and that doesn't excuse you from learning on your own, right? Because they're not going to equip you with everything you need. There's so many exactly. online courses today. I mean, Udemy and Udacity and all these places and Pluralsight where I have courses where you can learn and get a real uh, you know, in-depth, hands-on education and knowledge. And nothing is ever going to replace, you know, actually doing something, doing, you know, you got to get your hands dirty. So, so it's, I mean, you got to play the game, right? You can't say, I'm not going to play the game. You got to do the smart moves, which in my mind, it is smart. If you're starting out, get the degree, but do it as cheaply as possible and don't rely on that for your education. Be responsible for your own education. Try to take advantage of the facilities and the, you know, the, the opportunities that you get by going to traditional school, but learn on your own and always make it your own responsibility. 
Yeah, that's great advice. Very, very good. Do you have more questions, Matt? Because go ahead if you just have some. Just okay. Because <laughs> I, I, I know what I was going to bring up, but I'll wait because it's more like it's not, not not book related. So let's keep going with yours. All right. Um, I'll sort of tie it into the, into the last question. So you, you've got somebody, you know, sort of fresh out of school, and um, you know, I live in in the San Francisco Bay Area, and and it's you know it's extremely casual, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and like I, I go to work. Uh, we have tank top Tuesdays. We're flip flops and shorts. You know, I, I know a lot of my my friends on the East Coast. Uh, Doug, probably you. Uh, you know, you wear slacks and a tie, right? Um, how do you sort of uh, think that uh, sort of young or, or beginning programmer should uh, balance the air of professionalism that is is sort of expected uh, with you know, fitting in with some of the other sort of higher profile people within the community that, you know, like the, the rock stars or, or the, the quote unquote bro grammars. Um, how, how do you think that sort of fits together for, for somebody that's sort of entering the, the industry? Huh, that's good. That's, that's, this is a good question. I gotta, I gotta think about this for a second. I think, you know, the thing is like, you, you, you don't want to, I mean, you, you've got to fall in line to some degree, right? But at the same time, you you want to do your own thing as well. So so it's kind of it's kind of hard. Like you don't want to rebel for the pur- purpose of rebelling, right? That doesn't that doesn't make sense. Uh, so so I would say that you know it it depends on what you're trying to achieve and what you want your image to be. What you, you know, we, we all have an image, right? That we portray, whether we control our image or not. And that's a lot of what I teach is how to purposefully decide what is the message, what is the image, the branding that you want to present, and then in to make that consistent. So so you kind of have to decide, right? Are you going what what are you going for? You know, there's a lot of different routes. If you're gonna go, if you're if you're like, hey, I want to someday be the CEO of this company of software development company. I'm working my way up as software developer. I'm gonna go to manager, I'm gonna go to executive, then hey, from day one I would probably wear a suit and I would act the part. Right. I, I, you know, I, that's, that's not the route that, that I personally would go. But if I, if that were my ambition, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't think to myself, well, you know, one day when I reach this, then suddenly I'm going to change my wardrobe and, and I'm going to, you know, you got to play the part from the beginning. And that's, and, and people are just going to assume, right? You want people to assume to say, oh, yeah, this person fits in because we generally stereotype and we, 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 we we base a lot of our decisions on stereotypes. When someone fits the part, we 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 label them and we stereotype them in there. So you want to use that to your advantage. Uh, at the same time, if your plan is just to become a a, a career developer, or maybe you're going to get on on your own and, and be a freelancer, then then maybe that's not the image that you want to portray. Maybe you want to appear to be more of a down to earth type of guy that's totally approachable and and you don't care about this you know, other stuff that's going on that you're not going to play into the politics. And so, so I think it really depends. I think, I think that as long as you've thought this out and you have a plan and you know what you're doing, like you're, you're, you're acting and dressing specifically to what your plan is for your career and, and the role that, how you're trying to present yourself, then you'll be okay. It, it's if you don't care, if you're like, or or worse yet, you're trying to, uh, you know, like I said, be counter culture or, or trying to counter the, the you know, I, I'm not going to let the man, you know, show me or I'm going to do this opposite thing because <laughs> I don't want to fit in. That's that's the recipe for disaster, right? You you can't you, you can't go you know against the the norms. People get punished for going against the norms when they do it with that kind of you know sticking it to the man or, or I'm going to show them type of mentality. That's that's not going to help your career unless you're going to you know it's not going to help you in, in general. You got to have people skills. So so yeah. So I I don't know. It's it's a tough question. So that's that's the that's the best answer that I've got for it. I think. Fair enough. Uh, You mentioned uh, sort of early on in your answer, um, you know, people that that are planning to become managers or or executives. Um, That that actually sort of brings up another interesting topic. Um, For a lot of people, I think they sort of become engineers, you know, they go through, they get their computer science degree, they, 
you know, sort of move up through a company or, or over the span of a number of years, sort of, you know, go from engineer to senior engineer, so on and so forth. And then they eventually become manager. And a lot of the, the managers that I've spoken with, I know my manager, my, my former, a few of my former managers, um, none of them really expected to become a manager someday. How would you, um, suggest for somebody to sort of identify that early on so they can sort of build up um, the, their, you know, five-year plans to say like, oh, this is actually the direction that I want to go in rather than sort of being, you know, close to the metal. How, how would you say that somebody should identify early on that they want to become a manager and get involved in that? Hmm. I, I guess, you know, I, it, it depends on, again, on on what your, what your overall goal is, right? I mean, you, you got to set a direction. I don't know if you can have a five-year plan. I don't know if, you know, I, I've never, I've never met a person to, to, to this day that had a five-year plan that was any, anywhere serious, right? I've heard people say it occasionally, but most people don't even know. I, I have trouble coming up with a one-year plan. I, I plan quarterly. That's what, that's, that's what I do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and I have like certain like yearly goals, but I don't know, like if I, if I were to look backwards, like if I just trace backwards and say, well, where, you know, where have I gone? I would have no idea that I'd, you know, five years ago, I'd have no idea that I'd be where I am now. I, even one year ago, I'm in a completely different place than I could have possibly imagined. And I can trace back most of my career and, and find that to be the case. So I think it's really, really yeah. hard to plan very far in the future. But but what I would say is that uh, you do have to have some kind of plan. You have to have some kind of direction and some kind of goal at any given time. And, and you know, so, so you got to think about that. And and, and and figure out w- where do you want to go like there's multiple paths that will take you you know you, you if you sometimes you know we we tend to be limiting on ourselves and and we tend to think that there's some rules that we have to follow and a way to do it and we have to climb the corporate ladder or do this thing but there are no rules there's no you can there you can violate all the rules that that you perceive and you can do all kinds of crazy stuff and and you know the future is 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 a lot more open than the simple narrow path of go to school get good grades get a de- college degree then get a job and work for 40 years and then retire right there's a lot yeah, of right. other paths out there so I, I wouldn't limit yourself but you know but but at the same time you need to have you need to have a focus at any given time so uh, whether you plan you know quarterly or or yearly or whatever it is you know set your sights on some kind of target maybe it's like okay you know if you're if you're a software developer a new software developer maybe you say okay I want to read a technical book every Every single month, I want to learn this programming language. I want to, you know, get to this point of, you know, I'm looking at the next job level code at, at my my company, and they say that you need to have these qualifications. So, in one year, I want to surpass all of those points. That's a good, you know, and and then and then when you get there, then you set a new target, and then maybe you know at, at some point you hit that level tree where you, it's like class change, <laughs> and you're like, okay, you could become, uh, you can stay a uh, you know a coder, or you can get a, do a class change to manager, or you can do a dual class to to you know manager coder or whatever it is, or architect or whatever it is. Right. But but I don't know if you can really chart that you know, fully out from the beginning. At least I've never seen someone that that's, that's done that and, and, and had a lot of success with it. Yeah. I think you just have to have a general idea of where you're going and just, uh, work hard at it. And like in my, in my case, like I have an idea of what I want to do and like, hope, like ideally it'll be like an entrepreneurial path down the road. But my, the problem is I have a podcast like this, which is a gaming podcast, which is, it's gets kind of rowdy and like there's comedy involved, but like I also swear and stuff. So like when I'm, I'm also like hoping if the entrepreneurial route doesn't work out for me, I could fall back on my programming skills and just get a software development job. But the thing is now that I've created um, this kind of brand for myself. It, I'm not necessarily sure future employers will like look up my name, find my podcast, see how much I swear, and then just like a goofy person and think, oh, I want to hire this guy. Am I working against myself? I don't think so. I think that's, I mean, there's a lot of different ways to, to go with it, right? I mean, you're not doing things that are vulgar for the point of being vulgar. You know what I mean? Oh, you're no, not attacking yeah, it's people. Like, we, actually, we had a really interesting conversation about this uh, at, at my job the other day, we were saying that 
you know, nobody really knows how much swearing goes into software. Like if you <laughs> went into like a room full of engineers and, you know, like anything, I, I used the example of my coworkers drinking a, a bottle of like Snapple. I was like, do you know how much swearing went into making that bottle? <laughs> right. Like the, there's some guy that was mad that like the dimensions for the threads were in imperial units instead of metric. And there's some other guy who's complaining that it was too thin of glass, you know, like the, just constant swearing goes into everything we do every day and and we yeah. just don't even realize it so i mean <laughs> from that perspective <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i yeah I, I really wouldn't worry about it like if it's you you'll know when it's you know i mean if if you're producing like you know internet pornography or something like, oh, like if that's your website <laughs> then maybe i would but but even then you're yeah. gonna get a job right because someone's gotta make that <laughs> stuff right someone you know, and and they and I guarantee you, they don't put a Craigslist ad out that says, you know, looking for programmer to build adult website. Uh, what they do is they look for someone who has that out there, and and then they they contact them directly, right? Because they would get way too many applications for. <laughs> or yeah, like I just don't site, want. But. I don't want this association with that crowd. No, I'm <laughs> kidding. But but no, I I hear you. I think it's it's our audience is mainly like uh younger, just gamer yeah. uh type, and I'm sure they can relate with it. So it's it's not necessarily. I'm not trying to seem less professional, but I'm trying to be more casual, which is. I guess the whole point of the show. Yeah, and you can always change directions. You can always change your image. Hey, and, and here's the big thing, right? You're doing something. 99.9% of people are doing nothing. They just go to their job. They get home. They watch TV. That's it, right? You're at least, you're doing something. You got a podcast. I mean, that's, I mean, right there, that that tells me that, that hey, you're you're a guy that, that I, I would want to hire to be involved with because, you're doing something with your life. Like you're, you have ambitions, you have a goal, right? You, you have something that you're doing that you're producing. So. Well, it's all thanks to you. I gotta be honest. <laughs> so that actually uh, br- brings me to another uh, bullet point on my, my list of, uh, of topics. Um, so in your book, I think it's, uh, it's, it's sort of early on in sort of the, the fifties range and the pages. Um, but you basically say that if you've sort of gone down all of the the paths and, and there's no opportunity for advancing in your career at your current job, you should just quit. How would you say, you know, somebody that's sort of in the gray area between, um, you know, th- there is an obvious opportunity and there are no opportunities somewhere where... Um, Perhaps the opportunity is like, oh, you have to be, you know, a, a developer here for four years and you've had to do all of these things. How, how would you say someone should balance, um, you know, the, the prospect of quitting and finding another job where they can do better versus trying to sort of just grind through and, and get that opportunity, that promotion in their current job? Hmm. Yeah. You know, it depends on, I think, what the likelihood is and what it, what your goal is again i keep on saying it depends but it but it's it, it really does it, it i think there's there's situations where where you know you're in a dead-end job and it's not worth it and you should when i say quit right this is the other thing i should probably clarify is i don't mean if your job sucks quit i don't mean if it's hard quit i don't mean if your boss is an a-hole and you can't take it anymore <laughs> quit i don't mean that what i mean is like if you if you've turned off your emotional brain and your logical brain says this does not compute this does not make sense to go forward down this path there's a better path then quit and when i say quit again i don't mean like you know throw you throw in your you know knock over your your desk and drop the mic or on a whim drop the monitor <laughs> yeah. out the window right <laughs> um, i don't mean quit like that what i mean is get another job lined up and sure. then jo- because a lot of people are like oh yeah i i got fed up so i quit my job today whatever i'll i'll go look for work and and i'm like wow you're you're that's just stupid that's just dumb because, you <laughs> yeah, know, have always have another job lined up before you quit like don't rage quit oh my gosh um, sure 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 yeah but so many people do it and and the thing is it's like here's my simple rule also you know to, to take the emotion out of it right one one day when I when I started my running routine, I wanted to up my running routine. So I was like, "Man, I'm going to start running every single day instead of three days a week." So you know, run my 5K every single day. 
Well, I found out on top of lifting weights and everything else I was doing that that was just that that kind of sucked and it was not going to be something maintainable or worth doing. It wasn't worth my time. So, you know, one Friday morning I woke up, I didn't feel like running and I made this decision. I said, I'm, I, I, let's just go back to three times a week. And so but I have the standing rule in my life that says you don't quit when you you don't make a judgment call to quit and then quit then you go it out to what you've committed to you know it's like when you're when your parents told you yeah you signed up for uh, for karate lessons so you got to complete them or you know you got you you did so, you said you want to do soccer so you got to go to soccer practice it's the same thing I, I set that rule for myself so I said okay well I I am stuck running uh, for the next week I have to run every single day that week but then after that I've planned to quit right and then I'll go back to the three days so so that's another way to gauge it is like to look at it and say are you rage quitting or, or like are you making an emotional decision Decision to quit, or are you making a real logical decision? And if it's an emotional decision, then you're, you're you feel like doing it now, right? But if it's a logical decision, then you could say, "Hey, uh, well, I, I'm what I'm going to do is I have a plan. I'm going to quit in two months' time. First, I'm going to line up another job, and I am going to quit this job. And you know, but and, and I've planned it out, right? That that makes sense. If 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 you've made the decision, and then the next week you're gone. That probably means that you've made the wrong decision because you've you've made it for the wrong reason. At least maybe it'll work out and maybe you'll be lucky. But uh, but that's that's really the thing. And so you know, and maybe you have a, a caveat. Maybe you say, okay, in one year if X happens, I will quit, and if X doesn't happen, you know, or I'll chart my progress month over month and see if I'm advancing, you know, and see where it is. But it, it's all about taking the emotion out of it and using your brain, the logical side to, to make the decision. If you go down that road, if that's what your motivation is, then, then you're doing, you're probably more likely to do the right thing. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I think you'd be a fool to quit your job without having something lined up because God, you're really playing with fire there. You don't know how many opportunities you're going to have and how well the interviews will go. Like you're really setting yourself up for uh some a, a struggle right yeah and sometimes you gotta just stick it out and but i mean i've done some crap jobs that i hated right but i knew that the end I, you know i mean even even i've brought it upon myself you know i when i first quit my job you know went independent i i devoted a year of my life to making plural site courses and that doesn't seem like a lot of hell but let me tell you recording like uh, like, you know, 30 Pluralsight courses, which is like 90 hours of video over a year. Oh, sure. That, oh, is, wow. yeah. that is hell. And let me tell you, when <laughs> I got 10 of them done, I was like, hell no, I do not want to do this anymore. But I can, But I said, hey, if you do 20 more courses, if you do what you committed to for this year, you'll be set for life, buddy. So guess what? You're going to shovel this shit and you're going to do the courses. And I forced myself to do it. I forced myself to to get through it and it was worth it. So, you know, sometimes you got to hang on if if the if the there's a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, but you, you if there's no pot of gold, then 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 what are you doing? Get off the treadmill, right? Yeah, definitely. I hear that. It's yeah, you have to you have to weigh it and if it's the right opportunity, put your nose to the grindstone and really yep. go. But uh, well, John. Speaking about your plural site course, um, courses and stuff, did did do you have much background in game development? Because we uh, the group of us in this podcast are there's we're sprinkled with game developers, so we're hopefully we're going to work on one together. And we we have something in the works, but um, I just want to get your background on game development if you haven't. Oh well, you know, actually, so that was actually why I got into programming. Right, I, I was a big gamer uh, growing up, and I always wanted to create a game and I always I still say that someday you know uh, I when I when I grow up I will become a game developer <laughs> uh, <because laughs> that's still kind of my dream right but I've developed some games I've done you know game development I, I taught myself to program by learning how to code a you guys are probably too young for it, but a mud a multi-user dungeon oh absolutely oh, no okay. we're not no right. it's <laughs> But uh, but yeah, that was the thing. Is like you know, back when I was in in junior high or whatever, you know, dialing up to to the BBS that had Telnet connection, and then I would log on to the muds, and I just loved that. So I wanted to create my own mug. So I downloaded like the Deku source for the for the for the mud, and I like looked at the C code, and I was like, I think I could, uh, like I could add a new ability. How about at level three, you can like 
do a kick and there's a random percentage that you'll kick their head off or, you know, and so, yeah. so I added like that kind of stuff to it. And I didn't really know what I was doing, but, but I learned to code from that. But, uh, but I, you know, as I got older, I, I started creating some more complex games, you know, some basic games and, and basic language and, and, and things like that. And, and, and I, uh, I actually ended up uh, teaching, I did, I think I've done three Pluralsight courses on game development, on sort of beginner game development. Like one course shows you how to make Pong, which, you know, that's where you, you got to start with Pong, right? Yeah, somewhere. <laughs> uh, and then another course like shows you how to do a shooter game, like a, uh, a, a Gradius type of, uh, uh, game like that and uh, and yeah so that's i think both the other two courses both i did kind of a the shooter type of raiden or gradius type of of game but uh but yeah that's it, it's something i'm really interested in i i love love game development i love gaming so uh you know again someday i do dream that uh you know when uh, when i'm when i'm done with with simple programmer i'll just become a, a simple game developer <laughs> Oh, that sounds so cool. It's it's funny you say that too, because uh, I think somewhere in like our attic or something, there's like a little uh, like a book from when I was in kindergarten, and like the first page of the book, it's like, oh, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I said, video game maker. Yeah. So hopefully, I can aspire to continue to to make that a reality. But I definitely think uh, game development's the most. Uh, it's the most fun when it comes to programming. You get something out of it. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, you're creating that experience that you love so much. Like it, I always thought I had this internal conflict with going into game development. I was like, well, I love playing games, but if I made the game, I wouldn't really enjoy playing the game as much. Mm. Yeah, you because know, because you want to make the game that you'd want to play, but then it would like ruin it for you because you've made the game. You you, you know what I mean? It's like. And- it's like being a musician uh, when you write like the perfect song and then you've played it like on tour like twenty like years <laughs> and then you're like all right I'm sick of this. Yeah. <laughs> One technique that I actually use to sort of get around that is I for my sort of senior project in in college I uh, I studied uh, procedural generation and uh, emergent behavior and so I actually for my sort of final project, I built this, this game, which is actually, it's on GitHub. It's open source. Um, and it's all randomly generated. It's, it's an infinite world. You can walk in any direction for eternity and, and you'll never encounter the same thing twice. And, um, one thing that I really enjoyed was, you know, you could define the sort of attributes and say like, this is how wolves behave and this is how sheep behave and this is how children behave and this is how adults behave and and so on and so forth. And, what really surprised me was how unexpected it it becomes over time. You define all these very simple rules and how the world interacts with itself. And it was, it was almost startling sort of the first time I, I really added a lot, like a, a really hardcore set of AI components for the various uh, entities. And I, I loaded the game up and they started working together. Um, one, a, a good example, I don't want to like, sound very hand wavy uh but i had i just coded wolves and sheep uh those are the first two entities in the game and uh the wolves were programmed to chase after the sheep if they saw a sheep they would chase after it and then when they got within a certain radius of of the sheep it would issue an attack and try and kill the sheep Uh, but what would happen is you'd get two or three wolves that would all see the same sheep and they would all sort of close in on it. And when they got close enough, they would issue the attack command, but the attack command would attack everything within a certain radius. Oh, nice. So the wolves, <laughs> <laughs> the wolves would end up attacking one another. And they were programmed that when something attacked them, they should attack what, what they What's were attacked attacking. by. Yeah. <laughs> and so the wolves would end up getting into this big tussle over the sheep and, and killing each other, and the sheep would get away. <laughs> That's funny. Em- emergent <laughs> <And> so, behavior. <laughs> yeah, yeah, emergent uh, behavior. It, it, it was really fascinating because it's one of those things. I didn't plan it, right? Like, yeah. I didn't write that down. Um, and so for me, I got on that kick for a few years of, of sort of going down that road and figuring out how can I you know, make it convincing and, and also unexpected. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of good games that are like a lot of the roguelike games are, are, you know, uh, I remember Castle of the Winds and (laughs) growing up and, and then, and there's been a few, uh, uh, like that, uh, 
what's it uh something cat games he he has like a, a couple of uh i can't think of what it is now he's got a bunch of ipad games but uh i think he did that like oh, i can't even think of the names of them now but but there but but there's there's a guy out there there's this like independent game dev that's really building a lot of cool emergent games for ipad oh cool well i'll have to look into that maybe include it in the show notes or something but um all right guys uh well i guess let's let me ask you a a couple more things about gaming and then matt do you feel like playing i was a walrus or what's what's your thought uh we could um i have sort of a final question as well so so we can save that for the end okay cool yeah um well since we were talking about gaming and stuff uh i just wanted to see what was your uh favorite system that or like gaming console that you've played and or favorite game oh okay like of all time hmm this is tough so Oh, I'm trying to decide between NES and Super NES. Okay. <laughs> and, and I, I think I, I think I have to go with Super NES because it was so. Because yeah, it was just there's so many awesome <laughs> games like Super Metroid was awesome on there. Oh, totally. You know, I, and I know a lot of people didn't like Castlevania Four, but I liked Super Castlevania Four. It was I thought it was cool. Uh, Pilot awesome. Wings, you play Pilot? Oh Wings? yeah, yeah, Pilot oh, Wings. Oh my god, best game for Super NES. Uh, F F Zero, just like trying. Oh, there to you go. Beat the, oh, yeah. <laughs> the scores, and then uh, man, there was a, there was so many like Act Razor and uh, what are, what are all the there's tons of, of great Super Nintendo games. There's also great NES games, too. That were, the NES games were so dang hard. That's what I liked mm, about the oh. NES games, right? It's like, yeah, same with uh, Sega Genesis. Like, any of, like, the really older system and just older games in general, that just seems like the difficulty level is just through the roof. You know, this is going to be a very unpopular choice, but I, I'm, I think I'm going to pick... Okay, so my, it, my pick is between two, two games... Uh, that that would in fact I'll, I'll break the rules and I'll pick two games. So, all right, you're all right. fine. One yeah. of them is is Zelda two. <laughs> oh, that's a yeah. bold choice. Yeah, I, <laughs> I know a lot of people hate Zelda two, but man, that game was so freaking hard, and it was it was just like I can hear the theme music, you know, the the dungeon music in my head as you're going through the you know in riding on the elevators. It was uh, it was it was just such a challenging game for me i i just you know I, I felt such a sense of accomplishment when i finally beat shadowling especially when i died so many times trying to kill shadowling and then had to go through the maze <laughs> over and over and over again you know <laughs> that was uh oh man yeah that's punishing so so that would that would be one and then the other one is uh is final fantasy 2 on super nintendo final fantasy 4 you know japanese version but uh Awesome. But yeah, that that game also was just um, I, that game. I don't think like that was the peak of RPGs for me because after that, they, they all the Final Fantasy games started becoming a little like they start becoming a little bit more restrictive and a little bit more restrictive. And then Final Fantasy VII, I was so pissed that they took away the item slots and made it like and you couldn't. It was an open world or it wasn't nearly as open world. And and mm. then I you know that that was kind of but Final Fantasy two. For me, it was like, it was just so awesome. Like, I remember when, when you figured out that you're going to the moon, like you you thought the game was over and now there's the moon, right? You take the, the ship to the, <laughs> yeah. and it's like, there's still all kinds of stuff. And then I remember like, there's so much stuff in there. I went back, I had skipped a few treasure chests, like at the very first dungeons, like when I was done with the game and max leveled everyone. And I went back into like one of the first dungeons and I opened up one of the treasure chests I had skipped. And there was like, yeah. it had the treasure in there had evolved into like this, some super armor, super weapons. And I, so I went back through all the dungeons and found a bunch of those. So there's just so much stuff that they packed in the game and the story was really good. It was, it was, a, it was a very high challenge level. And, and the open world, like the order that you could do things was not, you know, it was, it was totally up to you. So um, I felt like it was like the perfect balance of of guiding you, of giving you a story. You know, I, I don't like the totally open world games like Grand Theft Auto, but, you know, I felt like it was the, just the right balance there where it was, I don't know, maybe it was just a magical era, but but that was uh, that was definitely one of my top games. Awesome. That's such a good one. I'm so glad you could... Uh pay a tribute to that game specifically because yeah that one was really fun 
All right, well, um, I guess we could play the game now. Uh, now here's the thing. I mean, John, do you wanna, do you wanna participate in the game or would you like to be the judge? Because I'm thinking it, you're welcome to do either. But w- whatever you guys like, I'm, I'm, uh, well, Matt, I feel like you and I have like something to settle because whoever wins tonight is gonna be tied with Bren. I mean, last time you kind of cheated. You know, and, <laughs> yeah, and no, pulled what? out what was it, goblins or gremlins or something? That, <laughs> Gargoyles. That, Gargoyle. That's that, what it was. That's fair game, man. It's a noun. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but it's an unlikely noun. All right, All right I'll, I'll <laughs> be the judge the then. <laughs> All, right. All right, guys, we're gonna play the game. I was the walrus. John, um, so if you're acting as judge, the, you pretty much are going to come up with a category. It could be, for instance, in the previous games, we had a category like uh, home invasion weapons or just generally anything strange, uh, any kind of category you can come up with. And then me and Matt will have to come up with three nouns. We're going to battle each one off in uh, like pretty much a rock, paper, scissors kind of uh, match. So you'll say one, two, three, go. And then we both say our nouns and then you determine which wins the rock, paper, scissors. Okay. I got it. Yep. Okay. That sounds good. Awesome. Okay, cool. Well then I'll let, I'll give you some time to brainstorm our category. And then when, once you're ready with that, um, we'll, then we'll take our turn brainstorming our nouns and then we'll go from there. Okay. I, I've actually never been judged before. Okay. All right. I mean, me and John could face off. Yeah. Okay. All right. Things that you do not want to find when you come home from work. Okay. I think I'm ready. Okay. All right. On three. One, two, three. 500 dead hookers. An asteroid in your kitchen. I didn't understand either of the things that you two said. <laughs> John, you go first. All right, mine was 500 dead hookers covered in bee stings. Oh, my God. Oh, okay. Yeah, mine was an asteroid crash landed in your kitchen. Oh. Oh, that this is actually a lot more difficult. Um, so let's think about this logically. Uh, what kind of kitchen are we talking here? Well, you I'm assuming you have like a really nice kitchen. Like it's, I don't know. It's okay. I have very little counter space. I actually wouldn't be terribly upset about the kitchen. I'd be more upset about like probably <laughs> the fact that the entire building has been obliterated. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You um, now you you're exposed to uh mother nature. On the other hand, Dead hookers covered in bee stings. It, it, did they die of the bee stings? Or is this 500 hookers that are all allergic to bees? It, it's it's undetermined. That's what why it's so bad. <laughs> okay, is that are they are know. they like puff? How many bee stings are we talking here? Is it like some? Is it like a, a few dozen or is it like hundreds or? Uh, they're grossly deformed from like you can barely t- if they weren't naked you wouldn't know that they were. So they were they were all anaphylactic. <laughs> shock victims here. Okay, where did all these bees come from? Because that's also very concerning. And are they still around? The the bees are not around. There's no okay. sign of the bees or where they came from. So I That's even more <laughs> perturbing. I I'm going to go for the the hookers and the bees for for a number of reasons. Number 1, um I I have no idea where these bees went. Number 2, I don't know why there's hookers in my apartment and why there's so many of them because I can't afford yeah, that. Yeah, 500. 500 that's, that's hookers. Like so, and the smell I got the even, smell's got to be ungodly. Yeah, well, I mean just where were they? Like they're stacked up. I don't have a very large apartment. Like this <laughs> I mean it, at least if if like an asteroid crashed into my apartment complex, I could be reasonably certain the red cross would be there. I'd get like a blanket. Like they'd have like a place for me to go or something and I my insurance would probably cover that. 
I don't know if my insurance would cover 500 dead hookers. That's that's <laughs> a little bit unreasonable. Yeah. Uh, so so yeah, I'm gonna give this one to John. That that was pretty good. Nice. All right. Do you guys do you want to um, stick with that category or change it up? Because I'm since it's a uh, it's up to you guys. Uh, I I am more than happy to come up with a new one. Okay. Yeah, I'm good with uh, with a new category. Okay. Um. Ooh. Someone that you would not want to encounter at the supermarket. Hmm. And this doesn't necessarily have to be like a specific person. It could be like like a, a like a generic guy or whatever, you know. Or or woman for that matter. Hmm. Um. How, all right. How are you doing, John? I think I think I'm ready. I think I could. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. On three. One, two, three. Anyone from Cold Walmart more. after two a.m. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Now. Oh boy. So this. I mean, your your answers are not mutually exclusive. For what it's worth. Um, so did these people come from Walmart to the supermarket or is this like one of those Walmart supermarkets? So I was actually thinking that they got kicked out of Walmart. Oh, oh, that's, mm. and, and what's, uh, what's Voldemort doing at the uh, supermarket? Because as we all know, uh, spoilers, he has Horcruxes and uh, he probably doesn't really need to eat um, traditional food. He heard there was a rumor that there's like a secret passage leading to Hogwarts in this particular grocery store. <laughs> so he came to check it out. Aisle <laughs> nine and three quarters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, okay. It is, is he like in, in full you know, single person form or is he like stuck on the back of somebody's head? Oh uh, no, he's like fully blown, scary as hell. Uh, uh is he going to kill you Voldemort? He probably, he has a snake with him too, but like, yeah, that's just slithering is, around is with he, him, but that's all he's got. Is he just like, it, it, like hanging around or is, is he like working there or he's in like the produce section when I ran into him, like, and it was really, you, good. you already did run into him. So, you know, for, you're <laughs> yeah, speaking so this, from experience. Yes, this is why okay. I, I had to bring it up. It's pretty traumatizing. Um, ooh, I'm gonna have to go with Voldemort on this one because I mean, people from Walmart are pretty terrible, and even considering the fact that they got kicked out of Walmart, which is in fact quite hard to do unless you're like talking on the PA system or something. Um, <laughs> not speaking from experience, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I definitely think that. Um, Voldemort just sort of chilling in the produce section would it would be a bit unsettling. So I'm yeah. gonna give that one to yeah. Doug. Woo. Alright, so it's a tie at this point. We got we gotta get a tiebreaker category. Okay, tiebreaker category. Ooh, I gotta come up with a good one. There's a lot of pressure. This is more pressure than coming up with an answer to another question. Um <laughs> mm. Okay. Uh Worst possible video game concept, uh, and and try to keep it fairly trite. <laughs> yeah, oof! I don't want to offend anybody. Let me think. Hmm. I'm ready. <laughs> okay, I think I think I okay. I'm ready. All right, three, two, one. Podcast hero, a, a, make a, your own podcast. A game about a game about being a software developer, nine to five job, just going to work and doing your job. Mm. <laughs> um. So, so podcast hero is is this like? 
is this like Guitar Hero? Like you, you get like a like a microphone and you have to like press the the on and off button and like say things in time <laughs> with the words on the screen, or is it is it like d- describe this this game concept? It, it's a mashup between you know game dev story and Guitar Hero. Like not only do you have to like sell and market the podcast, but you actually have to produce it as well. So, oh, so you're actually you're making me. a podcast, <laughs> right? And, and then in game, you have to prove that it's good to to the uh, imaginary. Oh, <laughs> oh, this is killing me. Uh, I'm definitely this is off air talk for a second, but we we're like working on like a mobile game, and I'd like to be perfectly <laughs> honest, <laughs> the, the exact concept is game dev story blended with guitar. Oh, <laughs> I'm not kidding. So I feel really awful, though, but that is all fair. But, <laughs> but no, but the idea isn't podcast hero. It was more or less like a music career hero. And you like, instead of uh, jamming out games, you'd be creating like songs or albums and stuff. <laughs> and <laughs> we, we realized far too late um, the original name was going to be Rockstar Story. Uh-huh. But I realized that the abbreviation for that is RSS. <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah. We would never hear the that end of that. Yeah, yeah, really hard to search for that one. Yeah, yeah. not not the best. Um, so that's why we were thinking music career hero, and then maybe somehow in the songwriting process include some kind of like mini game that's Guitar Hero esque. But I'm not really sure. But that's ridiculously funny that you called <laughs> out. <laughs> yeah, we should leave that in there. That. <laughs> I know. I, I might. Oh, I just good. might because it's it's it, we we are candid like that. <laughs> oh boy. But uh, all right, Matt, the, you're in the hot seat. Oh boy. Uh, well, I mean, so they're both sort of like a lot of work, right? Like going going to work and and doing your job uh, as a software developer, developer engineer. Yeah, literally. Uh, I developer like I literally part of the game is just coding and getting emails. <laughs> so you got to and... use like your D pad to like use a keyboard <laughs> yeah. on a screen and like tap keys. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that that is it... some really bad UX. Um, and then and then on the the podcast side, yeah, I could actually find myself, and this is perhaps depressing, and and our viewers would perhaps think think down upon me, but um, I, that actually sounds like like a fun game <laughs> it's just because we're designing the no exact no thing. like it, in actual, i would actually play that game i it, which that's is, funny um <laughs> see now i'm wanting oh, to change my answer to novel writer it's like novel you know, like <laughs> and then it's like flashes on the screen uh-oh like you know what a horrible night to have writer's block <laughs> <laughs> your typewriter is out of ink and you have to like fiddle a new new tape and that i'll let you change your answer i'll allow it i'll allow you to change your answer on that okay one. and, and i will with, actually yeah. say that it, since i am a software engineer and i do enjoy my job i i'm gonna go with novel writer because all right i, I mm, that <laughs> that fair. just sounds like a painful process yeah that would not be cool <laughs> it's like you you paste the room all day and then, uh, and then you were like, write a sentence. And then, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it would actually like it would, you could you could probably come up with some clever mechanics. Like you have like a whiteboard mini game. You have to like whiteboard something out, and then like take that and like make a UML diagram or something. I don't know. It's, it it could get pretty intense. There could be a progress bar for someone proofreading, and <laughs> your game saves get uploaded to GitHub. I, w- I would oh, play man. that. I'd play it once. I would. I would pay like five dollars yeah. for it on Steam, and I would play it once. <laughs> it'd, it'd be awesome. Like you could get like Grammar Streak, Grammar Streak, Grammar Streak, fifteen streak combo, and then like, and then you misuse <laughs> there, and it's all done. You know, it's like combo breaker. Yeah. It's game combo over. Breaker. <laughs> <laughs> Just immediately. That is hilarious. Like, and then you oh, could have man. like run on sentence, and you know, all kinds of. <laughs> You know, one point per thousand words. See, John, it just proves you got to go into the game development, and this is the game we're all going to work on. <laughs> Shit. No, but, well, I'm glad you could play the game. We have a winner for this round, and it's John. I 
glad you could play. Congratulations. But uh, yeah, I think we should wrap up this episode. Um, is there anything else you wanted to uh say, Matt, uh, or ask John, or anything? Yeah, before we go, I mean, your your book, John, obviously covers a heck of a lot of stuff. There's there's a lot of chapters. There's a lot of really good reading in there for anybody, not just software developers. But if you could sort of pick three actionable bite-sized tips for our listeners uh what what would you choose okay so this one is not going to be popular this is going to be about as popular as zelda 2 <laughs> but <laughs> but i would well i'm going to say if you, like the most productive thing you'll ever do in your life in your career is to stop watching tv like at mm. least cut it down to almost nothing. I've I've had no TV for like five years. I watch maybe like two or three movies a year, and oh my uh, gosh, and I yeah, I'm the, oh go ahead. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm the exact same way. It's really changed my life for the past at least two years now. I just don't even turn yep. it on unless it's for a video game. But uh, it it really does. You can get all the news you need and stuff online anyway, and just be more productive. But uh, exactly. Continue, but yeah, yeah. I mean, video games you know are fine because at least you're doing something. You know, uh, unless it's World of Warcraft, then you're just not doing anything. <laughs> you're doing a lot of nothing. But, uh, but, but yeah, but, you know, TV is like a huge, huge, you know, I, in my, in the book, I, I, I point to a study that showed that the average American watches 40 hours of television a week. And then they, you know, then they email me and say, I don't have enough time to make a side project in. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, I mean, not not everyone does, but but obviously, that you know, if you cut out ten hours, like if you're looking to to really advance your career, if you're looking to like spend this extra time to develop your career, to learn something, to market yourself, to build a side business, to you know, become a freelancer, go out on your own, build your own video game, whatever. Just you know, just if you cut out the TV, you'll probably find more than enough time to do that. I mean, honestly, I believe that every single person on this, you know, in at least in 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 the U.S., right, where we where we have that that privilege of uh, uh, you know of the opportunity that we have here, uh, has the potential to become a multimillionaire if they just cut out TV and use that time productively. Um, yeah, absolutely. And it's to be perfectly honest, like TV, there's nothing that good on anyway. It's just a bunch of crap. You're better off uh, bet- bettering yourself and trying to further your uh, career or opportunities. Yep. So, so that'd be my number one thing. I would say um, the number two I'd say is is really really invest in 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 people skills. Read a book called uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. Uh, it's a really really good book. It changed my life. Changed the way that I I interacted with people changed my mindset and in, in dealing with people and it's a book that i reread every year and that it just it'll it's one of those books that that can really change your life and make a huge huge impact on your life because you know at the end of the day all we do is we deal with people whatever our jobs are you know i, I in, in the book i say that you, you think that your job is to write code but it's not it's it, you know every single professional's job primary job is to deal with people and that's you know when, when you start looking for all the places where in your in any job that you have you have to touch and interact with people hopefully not touching people too much but <laughs> <laughs> um, the, you, you'll find it's everywhere from when you get up in the morning and you answer email from where do requirements come from and what are you who you're writing code for not for the compiler, otherwise you'd be writing zeros and ones. You know, I'm, I'm I'm exaggerating a little bit, but essentially, you know, you write code for another person to consume, to read, to to maintain. Not not in the most efficient way for the computer to consume it. So, you know, a lot of our lives and our work involves dealing with people. And if you really want to be successful in your career, you're going to have to learn how to do that well. Um, and then, let's see, a third one I would say is probably uh, around I, I guess I would go with the with the goals like having some kind of goal we, we already talked about this but so many people float drift you know drift in in the ocean of life that they don't have a direction and it's really really hard to get where you're going if you don't have some kind of direction you know once you have a direction once you know where you're going you can get there and it's like we're you know we're so awesomely constructed that we can achieve a lot more than we would believe that we could achieve, but we have to have a goal uh, in, in order to achieve it. Like it, it's so hard to fail when you're pointing in a direction and you keep trying. 
Like, it, you know, most of us can succeed at what we're trying to do if we have a goal. But what happens is we don't have a goal in mind. We're just sort of, you know, doing what comes to us. And, and, then, and then we give up because we, we, we don't see the point. We don't see what we're striving for. But once you create clear and purposeful goals, you'll be amazed. You know, I, I've, I've been able to, I've set a lot of goals in my life. Once I started setting goals, a lot, lot, lot of my life I didn't set goals. But once I started doing that, I was able to blow past those goals and I keep setting bigger and bigger goals and I keep on hitting those goals. So um, it, it really is, you know, something that seems really simple, but, uh, but is extremely effective if, if you want to get somewhere. Awesome. Yeah, very, very thanks cool. so much. That's such valuable information. And honestly, if uh, I really hope that our listeners can uh, find this inf- information useful. And uh, if you really like uh, what John's been uh, telling us about tonight and stuff, you can always check out um, his his website at simpleprogrammer.com. Uh, you're also in two two podcasts here i'll let you plug yourself actually <laughs> yeah so uh yeah i guess i mean you could you can go to simple simpleprogrammer.com to check out my blog and that's where you, you can find most of my stuff sign up for my uh my free email course on how to create a blog to boost your career and and you'll be on my email list so you'll get everything that uh that i that i'm doing and and uh and you'll get a uh, you know, opportunities to to check out all, all my stuff, and uh, I've got a YouTube video or a YouTube channel out there. I've got about like two hundred and some videos on there, and all kinds of stuff. You know, if you like the kind of stuff I'm talking about today, then then you know, go to simpleprogrammer.com, buy soft skills, and and you'll find a lot more of it. Absolutely, I highly recommend our listeners go do just that. So, uh, thanks so much for spending spending this time with us tonight, and uh, hopefully, we'll have you back on the show uh, down yeah, the road. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Glad glad to do it. It's, uh, it's been been fun. So, yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much, John. Have a have a good night, and we'll see you guys next right. week. See you guys.